tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, joined here with my good buddy, colleague, and pal, a one Zach Flash Celadonia. And uh, yeah, we're later in the week and it's been a minute since we've been around. Uh, apologies for that. But here we are. We're ready to talk draft season. Finally get into some of the various aspects of the offseason. Oh, he's got a kazoo. Oh, man. Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> Good. I'm great. I think I just got my dogs going upstairs, though, unfortunately. So uh, excuse me for the pounding around up there. I forgot they freaking love this thing. Uh, but I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Excited for the draft. It feels like time's moving at a, a fast pace lately. And I'll, I'll take that because we're in kind of the dead zone right now where uh, March Madness is over. You got the Masters going on, but there aren't a whole lot of sports to take my mind off of uh, the regular rat race of life so i'm really excited to talk draft hence the happy new year's eve noisemaker here <laughs> i wish so, i had uh, let's one get of into those it, man. let's talk some receivers in other yeah. spots yeah oh no this is like your favorite this is your wheelhouse you're all for like you gotta understand flash is all about the swag man he's about the, the jersey numbers the visors the the whole vibe the gloves like every every little meticulous like i'm willing to bet when you play madden and you have like the create a player thing like you just go to town on that so, oh yeah, you gotta yeah. get him drippy. Got gotta do the dark visor, <laughs> the drip. gloves, armbands, backplate, the whole nine. He can even make the socks cool nowadays. Yeah, I know. And they still have like they have uh, with the Steelers, anyways. They have like those old like I, I guess I call them like the Gotham jerseys, but those aren't like the ones they wore in the uh, the Dark Knight Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, why well, couldn't I think which one it was? The third Batman movie. They filmed two there, uh, at least por or portions of two, I believe. I believe the second one was also filmed in Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, speaking of obscure football and leagues, no XFL, that's not wetting your appetite much anymore. I mean, I'm trying to watch some of it and some of the quarterback play is just, it's, it's become what we thought it might be at points. There's clearly like two, maybe three good teams of the eight. And then the rest of them are actually all pretty, pretty poor. That that poor Renegades team cannot score to save their lives, man. That's just- No, man, my relationship bad. with the XFL is I'll, I'll forget that it exists. And then when there's a game going on, I'll, I'll, I'll notice it by looking at the TV guide or, or on my phone on uh, a betting app. And then I'll get excited to throw it on and I'll, I'll watch it for like 10, 15 minutes. It'll kind of get my, my football juices going, but then it, it doesn't take long for my interest to kind of dissipate because the level of play just isn't that good. It, it is cool to see former Steelers. There's a lot of former Steelers practice squad guys and preseason guys in the league. So it's cool to see them playing and Rod Woodson, Heinz Ward, their coaches. So there, oh, yeah. there's some bits and pieces that'll grab your interest, but it's just not the same as NFL football. And I mean, there's 
it's funny we're talking about this right now because March Madness uh, just ended, and that was a uh, escape for me uh, while it was going on because everybody loves March Madness. But over the past week, it was Saturday, I believe, we had a uh, a crazy windstorm here. Oh and yeah, my, dude, I, I've never seen anything like it because it, winds this intense, you would think a tornado's coming. Tornado didn't come, but my basketball hoop, one of my pride and joys. It took a tumble and fell down in my driveway. And I heard long ago, back before I even had one, that if your basketball hoop falls down and the rim bends, you're essentially screwed and you got to buy a new one. So when I had heard that it went down in the storm, I drove home so fast. You would think I had like my pregnant wife in the car and we were going to the hospital (laughs) and the time for the baby was now because my baby, my basketball hoop was face down in the driveway. Luckily though, the rim was okay. The backboard was a little bent forward, but I was able to kind of get that largely back in place and tested it out on Monday. Everything was good. Uh, so okay. I actually but- won a game of two bounce versus my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> and because of that, I, I have like a, a real life escape sport wise, thankfully the hoop. But as far as sports on TV, there's nothing. It, it's all draft coverage and the pirates are doing good. The Penguins say are. The pirates. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Hey, they're above 500. It's something. Pens are disappointing, though, man. The yeah, pens is yeah, just like I... it's so hit or miss. It's like um, these guys. It's like one game. It's like yay, all right, go pens. And then the next game, it's like, what the hell just happened? Like you guys, like well, those those are the games I bet on them. Anytime I bet on them, they lose. So I think I have it figured out pretty good. Yeah. Well, we shall see. I know it seems like football will be here any moment, though. Like the draft is just right around the corner near the end of the month here, about three weeks away, I think. And we've got a lot of area to cover. Um, it's great to hear about your hoop, though, by the way. I'm glad that it survived. The wind the wind was crazy. It came all the way across. Like, it's funny because um, uh, Tina Rivers, our editor here, you know, in the back, you speak to more in the back rooms, but I speak to just even, you know, she'll call me up on the phone every now and then. And she sends me, like, a message. And, of course, there's supposed to be something due for the website. And it's like, hey, look at all these tornadoes and my friends that are storm chasers here in Iowa that are that are following this stuff around. And it's like, oh, great. In about five or six hours, that's going to come through Ohio. Like, it's like I'm just waiting for it to come across, like, the continental U.S. And then you're getting it, too. Up in uh, Youngstown area, a bunch of my friends were, like, without, without power. But where I'm at, luckily, in my, like, actual, like, development here – all the wires are buried in the ground. So I didn't have any concerns like that. Thankfully, you know, sign across and like knock on wood and everything else. So anyways, digging into the wires and by all means, the folks that uh, may have missed any of those SCU podcasts that we put out there because you were without power, able to adequately entertain yourselves. There's nothing that's really expired. You can go back to the last several and we're still trying to do two a week here. We just kind of fell off the rails this week, but you know what? Everybody needs a little bit of a break. We, you know, there's only so much we could talk about, but it's going to be um, today. We got to talk about with the Steelers surprise everyone by drafting a wide receiver. There's a lot of talk about God, everybody's talking about offensive tackle. And it's like, man, that just doesn't stick out to me. And everybody's talking about wide receiver being a luxury. And I don't have the fancy topics bar today. I might not have photos for most of the people that are on here. So bear with us. It'll be a little more bare bones of a show. I don't have all the whistles. The best we have is the kazoo. So... <laughs> instead of all the bells and whistles. So um, I think first what we need to do is, is evaluate what the Steelers currently have at the wide receiver position. 
because I think it's absolutely, I think it's a given they're going to draft somebody. They've not added anyone in free agency. They didn't bring anybody back, at least yet. Steve Sims went and signed with the Texans. Miles Boykin, he's still floating around out there for my knowledge. I haven't seen his name surface anywhere. And, and right now, like the free agency stuff is, it's cooled off. You know what I mean? Nobody's signing anybody until after the draft now. They want to see what their draft hall is and then uh, do that accordingly. So uh, without further ado, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. I'm looking at some of the roster. Why don't we go with some of the names that people might not know? Well, I don't even think I knew this coming in this. Jamarcus Bradley. Uh, these are guys that are like Louisiana Lafayette. This is like, you know, camp body type guy. Although Tyler Vaughn's, he's an XFL star now. I remember, I remember seeing him like on day one or two at camp. And I was like, who's this guy? Cause he come up and he was like standing up in the stands and doing a couple of autographs and getting his, you know, 15 minutes in, uh, before I'm like, Oh, this guy's going to be cut. This wide receiver group's pretty deep. He was actually pretty solid in the preseason. I was happy to see him in the XFL. Maybe he gets another shot and comes back around. We shall see. There's, um, let me see here. Jamarcus Bradley, Dan uh, Chasina, Penn State. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's 6'3", 202, though. Des Fitzpatrick uh, from Louisville. And these are all guys that have actually been in a camp, whether it was the Steelers or not, before. I remember Des Fitzpatrick had some yeah. of his fans coming out of school. Yeah, yeah. 6'2", 208. And then, of course, um, Anthony Miller, who I've had a lot of uh, his praises to sing before getting hurt in last year's training camp, 5'11", uh, 199, former second-round pick of the Chicago Bears. I think he started something like 60 games in the NFL, but he was the 51st overall pick back in 2018, and he's been kind of hanging around for a minute with the Steelers. But this dude was like, he didn't have an ounce of body fat on him uh, in camp last year. Cody White, we've seen him appear in a game or two here or there out of Michigan State. The cockroach. <laughs> the cockroach, Cody White. He's still around. So there's there's a lot to that. When they change these practice squ- squad rules, I like it because it helps. You've got more players, and it helps keep some of these guys around a little bit longer. And maybe maybe they break through. You never know. Um, so now let's jump to, you may have forgotten about Kelvin Austin III, drafted last year out of Memphis, third fastest 40 time amongst uh, everybody at last year's draft, not just the wide receivers, but everybody. He was a third fastest player. So he was taken in the fourth round last year. Of course, his counterpart in the draft taken in the second round, George Pickens, uh, Georgia. You still have uh, Gunnar Oshevsky, at least for the time being slot receiver. Um, also a return specialist. Do you know where Gunnar Oshevsky came from by any chance? Like where he went uh, to college? Dude, I, I, I don't remember. I, I was going to say Kent State, but that's Edelman. So I really don't remember his school. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Bamidi State? It almost seems like a joke or something. Here. I'll pull, I'll D2 maybe? Yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up. I, I, you know, I swear, I feel like an idiot for not knowing this one. But every now and then you get something like an Elon or something that's thrown out there. It's like a really obscure college. Uh, Urbana, which no longer exists now. But uh, you get your small ones. So Bamidi State. Bamajidi, Bamajidi, I don't know. Brian would have fun with that one. Um, the ABGBs, NSIC North Division All Conference Team. Yeah, it doesn't actually say AFCA D two. Well, it's a D two. So I was looking at some of his accolades that were there. Okay, so that's Gunner, who may not still be around. And then, of course, I think the only other guy left on this list I haven't mentioned is Deontay Johnson who some folks forgot 
had his sit in last year, signed a new contract extension, ain't going anywhere anytime quick. Everybody, it's like thinking they're going to trade him away like a Martavis Bryant and get a draft pick or uh, do anything of that nature. No, no, guys here, that's a significant cap hit that they'd be taking if they were to part ways with Deontay Johnson. I'll kick it over to you because I've been talking too long. I'm running out of steam here. And just get some of your thoughts on the current makeup of this roster. Well, that's a lovely list there, but what I get from that is we have two guys on the roster, and I've been saying this, two guys that are proven talents and have proven to show that they can do it on the field on Sundays, and that's Deontay Johnson and that's George Pickens. I'm as excited for Calvin Austin as the next guy. I was very excited when they drafted him. He was one of a handful of guys I was hoping they would pick when day three started, Um, so I, I was elated when they selected Calvin Austin. Yeah. Sauce Gardner, the rookie of the year last year for the Jets, the cornerback, he famously said that in his last year at Cincinnati, Calvin Austin was the hardest opponent to cover that he faced. And Calvin Austin, what he offers is if he's healthy at his ceiling, he can give you a guy that, I mean, he models his game. He says he models his game after Tyreek Hill. That's, that's obviously a very, very, very best case scenario but he's a guy that can bring a lot to your offense where we have guys who can stretch the field. George Pickens and Deontay Johnson both can do that, but it isn't their trump card in their game, if that makes sense. Whereas Calvin Austin, you send him deep, he could be so wide open. He's the only guy on the television screen because he's so fast. So I'm excited for him, but I also want to keep a level head and realize that it's it's more common than not for guys who – get injured early in their careers to kind of struggle to get it going again and get back to that point where they were. And and feet can be tricky. We we saw it with Sanquez Golson where he hurt his foot as a rookie and we never got to see him again, ever. And not every situation is uh, parallel like that, but it does make me weary for his future. As far as everybody else that was listed, I, I don't think anybody ha- has a safe job, even Gunner. And when you look at the way they're, doing their visits right now, their pre-draft visits. They have had a couple of receivers in for visits and they only get 30 of these. So they wanted to take a closer look at these guys, ask them some questions, put them through the ringer themselves to kind of get a feel for their game and who they are uh, as prospects. So I think the interest is clearly there. Um, I, it's a matter of when they're going to pick a guy, you know, first round would certainly be a surprise. And I, I don't think the interest is there on paper right now where they would take a guy at 17. But as soon as we get to pick 32, all cards are on the table. Um, In particular, two names that they have brought in are Jonathan Mingo of Ole Miss and Charlie Jones of Purdue. Now, Charlie Jones is a really interesting prospect. I I see him going day three um, because mainly he's 24 years old and six foot, runs a 4-4, Uh, put great stats up this year at over a hundred catches over 1300 yards and 12 touchdowns for Purdue. He transferred from Iowa after realizing, Hey, this team doesn't throw the ball. So he went to Purdue and and succeeded rather well and, and made a name for himself. However, he doesn't really jump out to me as a guy that they're seriously targeting to be a impactful player as a rookie or, or add a wrinkle to their offense. Um, I think he would be drafted as more of a, of a value kind of pick in the later round special teams guy who I do like. And I was told early on by a little birdie that they did like this guy even before the 
pre-draft visit was scheduled. But Jonathan Mingo, the Ole Miss receiver, he does a lot of things that you love to see on tape. He's a physical presence. He's a big body. He's 6'2", 220 pounds, um, 220 at the combine. So he probably plays a little bit heavier, actually. So he got the big frame, 4'4 speed, 39 and a half inch vert, 10 inch or 10, 10 feet, nine inch broad jump, 22 on the bench. Physical specimen gives you the typical height, weight, speed deal. Um, he had his 21, 20, 2021 season cut short because he hurt his foot going into week four, ironically. And, but before then he put up numbers that were, he had a game where he had eight catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Another game where he had six catches, 136 yards, one touchdown. The, that was all 2021 before he hurt his foot going into week four. And he was out the rest of the year. He comes back for his senior season and puts on puts on tape what he's able to do with a full healthy season. In particular, he had one game uh, versus Vanderbilt, and he had nine catches for 247 yards and two touchdowns. So the production is there. It's, it's The knock on it is that it's a one-year kind of thing. But if you go back and look at his junior year, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, who knows if he even stays for his senior year. He might have gone in the draft that year. Or if he would have stayed, it's very possible he'd be considered in the top five, no doubt, of this receiver class. I've seen him ranked fourth or fifth in a couple people's top fives, but Jonathan Mingo is a guy that the Steelers have shown clear interest in, and they can probably get him with their third or fourth round pick. Now, third round, almost certainly. The fourth round pick, they may have to scoot up a little bit, um, or I don't even know if it's a fourth round pick. Pick 80, their fourth pick, I should say. Yeah, yeah, fourth pick. Well, we were talking a little bit um, uh, off air about some of that, too, and it's I think one thing we should say is you shouldn't be surprised if they draft a wide receiver. It's where. And one reason I think you're kind of honing in on Mingo is uh, whether or not would they go with a wide receiver at 17 who might be there at 17 versus, you know, who's the best available when they're first on the clock uh, on day two, top of the second round, or even what is that? Pick 49, 50, whatever they got. It's all screwed up. Damn dolphins. Uh, I mean, seriously. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, what I looked at here too was before we get in, well, it's also the names. So you, you've given some of them up. Let's talk about some of the bigger ones first, before I get into what teams are drafting and where, and also like the historical stuff. Like you look at last year's class, wide receiver class and the names that all went, eh, I'll, I'll do it right now. Um, let me see. So in the teams that took them, Atlanta Falcons, Drake London. Okay. He went at eight, the jets at 10, uh, both, uh, both of the, um, Ohio state receivers go now Garrett Wilson, 11, Chris Olave to the saints, right? So jets and saints take a wide receiver and at 12, Jameson Williams, who had an injury. And so the, the lions were going to be patient with him. Right. And you, uh, have Jahan Dotson 16th, uh, out of Penn state to the Washington commanders. You have Traylon Burks 18th to the Titans. That was via, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles because of the AJ Brown trade. So the Titans had to do something to replace AJ Brown. And then of course, Kenny Pickett goes 20th overall and is going to be regarded as the greatest draft pick in draft steal of all time. And let me see. And then there's nobody else in the first round. Okay. Uh, you get to Christian Watson. Finally, Hey, the Packers finally did something for Aaron Rodgers. Yay. You know what I mean? Um, who else goes before Pickens goes in the second round here? Let me see. Wandale Robinson to the giants, John, uh, Mechie to the Texans. And 
Uh, Tyquan Thornton to the Patriots, 50th overall. Where are you, Pickens? Uh, okay, 52. Uh, it, it was bleeding together. So Pickens goes 52, and then right after him, Alec Pierce and Sky Moore. That's a deep, a deep ass receiver class, right? I don't know it's as a deep here. And I'll, I'll go to those names for a second, but you look at the teams that are drafting ahead of and behind the Steelers. Let's do a yes, no. Wait, you know what? I might still have that deal around here. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on a second. Ba-bam. Forgot about the lightning round, dude. <laughs> uh, teams that might draft a wide receiver. Do you think the Panthers are taking a receiver number one overall? Not chance no. in hell. Do you think the Texans are taking one at number two? I no, no highly doubtful. Cardinals. I no. don't think so. I think it's still too rich for their blood. Colts. No. Seahawks. That would surprise me. No, I don't yeah, see no. that. I think they're, I think they're, I think they're stacked. I think the lions are stacked. The Raiders. No, God forbid. Like, I know they got Jimmy G, but nah, I don't think so. Falcons already took a guy bears. I don't think so. I think the Bears. No, well, I mean, top, top ten especially. This class yeah. doesn't really have a guy who's got like the elite traits and like mm -hmm. the you have to take this guy. Nobody is really considered generational. There, there's a there's an, a really uh, there's a top three that's pretty consensus. But uh, I've seen a bunch of different rankings where the third guy is first, the first guy is third, and vice versa. So I don't think that top ten there's really any chance a guy goes top 10 so might as well start at 11 i know we were about there anyway <laughs> yeah well it's the eagles and i think they're no. kind of set where they're at uh the titans i think they got more issues and they just drafted a guy like with their first round pick yeah they're that'd be a bad two. look you know they got to give burks some time I, that, that would surprise me because of the burks pick if they didn't take burks in the first round last year I, I would say yes to the Titans, but well, you know, they took Burks. So let, let's talk about now you could always add like cheaper rookie salary contract to your roster, but how top heavy are you going to make it? If you just took a guy last year, you've got yeah. contracts in back to back years with these receivers. Whereas like Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback to throw to these guys. Just yet. I don't think they don't have that. It's far from settled. The Texans are back on the clock. So then it's the Texans, the jets, the Patriots, Patriots yeah, that's possible. It. I okay. mean, they got Juju and they took Thornton, Thornton. last year yeah. ahead of Pickens famously. They just had so, They've had Addison what? there, I think, and they've had uh, Zay. I know Zay Flowers just went there. Uh, so we're gonna be talking Zay about Flowers those guys. Is in making a the rounds. I've seen oh, him yeah. go to a lot of places, like uh, almost every school. I'm like Jalen Carter. <laughs> if you're not in the top ten, sorry, bro. I'm, I didn't got no, nobody got time for that. Um, Patriots, Packers. I mean, I don't know what the Packers do. I guess it depends on if Aaron Rodgers is still in town and. Again, they just took Watson. It's it's hard to say. Commanders. I don't oh, it'd be so funny if they took a receiver the year that they sent Rodgers away. <laughs> uh, it's just that would be classic bad football management. I think. I just think you could fill different areas. The Commanders, like we just said, they just drafted someone. The Steelers are on the clock at seventeen. I think if the Steelers are looking down, you know, the barrel of, it, they could take. I'm not going to say they're not going to take an offensive tackle. But I also think that they, you know, unless it's one of the premier players that falls there at 17, they might look elsewhere. They might look D-line. They might look at a cornerback, a much deeper class of cornerback. So they could even slide past. This depends which guy they prefer. Everybody's They've got, shown interest in yeah. uh, cornerback one through like seven right now. So the, the interest in corner is clear and obvious. Whether or not they are going to get their pick at 17 of an elite guy or they want to play it back and get a guy at 32, corner of all the spots they've had uh, in for pre-draft visits and displayed interest in corners, the one spot I feel 
highly confident in that they're oh, yeah. going to take either at 17 or at 32. And there's wild cards, like you just said, if the top tackle or top second or third best tackle, I guess is more realistic, is at 17, they very well could take him. And the same, it goes for 30. If a 32 creeps up, pick 32, and Jordan Addison is there, he's another wild card that, like, you know, I'm selling myself on Mingo pretty hard, but the the Kenny Pickett factor with Jordan Addison can't be ignored that if he does fall to 32, which is possible with the way we just outlined the first 18 picks of the draft. Yeah. If he's there at 32, I, I can see there being a conversation in Steelers, like higher ups uh, involving Kenny Pickett being like, All right, is this it? Like, do you trust this guy? Like we're hundred percent sure. I'm sure they have that established beforehand, but that, that's another uh, wild card, I'll say, is if a top tackle falls to 17 or if Jordan Addison falls to 32, then those, those things you can't ignore. But, but have, corner with yeah. one of those first two picks, I feel safe and confident. And if I could if I could find a place to bet on that, I would be, take Steelers drafting a corner with one of their first two picks. Oh, I think it's definitely going to be one of the top three in that top 50. I think I, all the names that they've had, like you said, are all seven off the board by 50 could be but i i mean i'm not gonna say for for certain you know what i mean and like you said there's a couple names at the top of the pecking order uh we will do corners i think that d or maybe dbs as a whole that's gonna be our probably you and i the next one because brian really wants to talk about the trenches he likes those the big ugly guys the sexy linemen uh lions are on the clock at 18 right after the steelers then it goes tampa bay seattle the forfeited dolphins pick so there's nothing there chargers Chargers don't really need anybody there. We already established the Seahawks, but with an extra first round pick, maybe Buccaneers, probably Char not. Chargers, I could see actually run it back there. I could see Chargers because yeah. of the Justin Herbert thing. And also um, similar to the Steelers, the Chargers only have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, two established guys. And uh, Keenan Allen's had health injuries for the past like 17 That's years. True. So Chargers is a spot where I could see them go in receiver. Yeah, yeah. And there might be enough to go around. The Ravens, are they going to clown around and do something like that? That's killing me how they're having receivers in for visits. Like, guys, you need a quarterback first yeah. and foremost. I don't know what is going on. That organization just seems like a mess right now. The no Vikings. receiver wants to go there. I can tell you that. I've had none of these prospects reach out to me directly, but I can tell you no receiver wants to get picked by the Baltimore oh, Ravens no. because yeah. they don't throw the ball. Oh, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and let's just say even just the way it currently was let's just say Greg Roman was still there. You don't want to go there because they don't throw the ball, but now you don't even know if Lamar Jackson's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you want to be there? You don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be there right now. I don't blame the text or tweet from Lamar saying, let's work. What's the point of even getting drafted? If your quarterback doesn't reach out to you on social media <laughs> saying, let's work. Yeah. Vikings could be interesting, but a first round yeah, guy to go with sure. Justin Jefferson. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a team. I think is going to go corner possibly. I like, possibly. I like Jefferson. Obviously he's the, he's the best receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. And I like Oz uh, Osborne as well, but they could go receiver. Jacksonville. I think they're overloaded. I think they're good to go there. Yeah. That's real middling giants. Uh, Cowboys spent a high pick on Robinson. Hey, Cowboys, they just traded for Brandon Cooks, which I think is going to work out real nice there, by the way. He's and, a good compliment for a guy like CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to work out real good. They still got what Michael Gallup. So, I mean, they, they've still got some, they got some things to play with, but it's still Jerry Jones. So you can never rule that factor out. He's got, he's putting on the GM hat and he's going to overrule everyone. Uh, Buffalo Bills. 
I don't know about that one. Uh, the Bengals, I think they're more than set there. Saints are probably set. We already mentioned the Eagles. And then the Chiefs. You come back around to the Chiefs, and then the Steelers are on the clock again. Right after that, it'll start the second round. So the Chiefs is kind of like, you never know. They might give a weapon. This got Sky Moore. You know what I mean? They still have Kelsey. So, they lost you, Jim. Uh, they lost McCole Hardman, too, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah, lost so, you guys. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you never you never can say. But it, the whole point in pointing that out, too, is is that once you get past that pick at the top of the second round at 32, you've got to go, what, about another dozen to 15 picks. Let's see, 49, 17 picks. So the Steelers are back on the clock. That's a lot of players. You could probably see like four or five wide receivers go if there's enough still on the board at that point. So let's look at the list of guys that could be around. And it's not to say, like you were saying, you you went for the low-hanging fruit already, my friend. You're like, these are the guys that will be around a little bit later that the Steelers have showed interest in. But what about all of the other guys that may um, that may have uh, – they get a jersey, get to go up on the stage maybe on day one. Uh, what, Quentin Johnston, TCU? That's not going to be in the Steelers' range, I don't think. Jack and, Jackson Smith and Jigba? I don't, I would be shocked if he was there at 17. Uh, I don't see it. Zay Flowers making the rounds. So many people love him. How early does he go? Would you be shocked if Njigba was at 17 or 32? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Even more shocked at 32. I mean, uh, I know he's, I know he's six foot 196, but did you, you look at, see, there's a, there's something to be said about the patterns too. And sometimes you'll have the team that's like, oh, I just missed out. Like for the for the longest time, Clemson was a wide receiver factory. And then everybody went on this streak with Alabama receivers. And now it's the Ohio State guys. You look at the guys that went last year and you're like, oh, the Smith and Jigba, you know, he's going to be in next year. This is going to be even more true, even depending on what Smith and Jigba does. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the next guy that's going to be coming up. So <laughs> yeah, Jackson Smith yeah. and Jibba is, is, is my one. So I, I I'm with you that I'd be surprised if, but I just, we just went through all the teams possibly not picking a receiver. So I just yeah. wanted to make sure I heard you straight there that it'd be, it'd be a surprise to you if he was gone by then. But if a team is to take a receiver before 17, I would think it would be Jackson Smith and Jigba because he, he's my one jo Johnston uh, Johnston from TCU worries me. Uh, Big 12 receivers struggle transitioning to the NFL because they don't have a really intricate route tree. A lot of goes, a lot of screens, a lot of quick slants. Um, and I, I, I would, I'd be weary of him. Um, but uh, after that, yeah, Jordan Addison, et cetera. And this is why I think the, this receiver class is so funny this year because there, there just isn't that like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, like DK Metcalf, even even though he went the second round, there isn't this guy that people, that people have been captivated by heading into the heading into the draft. Everybody has their opinions and their rankings, but all the more reason why a guy like Jonathan Mingo just continues to jump out at me, the more I think about, well, the value might not be there, almost definitely won't be there at 17. If they have a plethora of guys to pick from at 32, maybe they don't need to do that and they can get a guy like Jonathan Mingo at 49. And I'll say this too. If Calvin Austin is healthy and can provide that spark to the Steelers offense that they don't have just, just yet. Uh, Mingo would be a really good compliment for the, the trio that we do have with Pickens, Deontay, Calvin Austin, and then Mingo, they all kind of add a little different to the sauce. And one thing I noticed about Mingo is he is a, a very similar body type to, and this is low hanging fruit. Speaking of that, uh, AJ Brown from Ole Miss. AJ Brown was 6'1, 227. That's what he's listed at now. Mingo, 6'2, 220. Very similar body types. 
Um, and when you look at his play style, it, it's also very similar. Whereas he doesn't create the most separation, but he's very physical at the catch point. And when he gets the ball in his hands, that's when you have to watch out because he runs very physically with the ball and is great for his yards after the catch ability. He also has a very similar frame to Anquan Bolton, 6'1", 223. Andre Johnson, which would be like hitting the lottery, but Andre Johnson, 6'2", <laughs> 225. Uh, Quincy Anunwa was a guy who flashed onto the scene with the Jets for a minute, and his career got cut short due to injuries, but there was a moment where he was coming onto the scene, 6'2", 225. So he, he's in that body type of guys who they may not have the 4'3 speed, and they may not um, – jump off the screen as like this athletic freak at first glance, but all these guys in the right offense and the right systems, they, they can put some dominant ball on the field. And uh, I named a bunch of good players there, but th that's what I see when I watch Jonathan Mingo. And it, that's why he's grown on me so much in these past three, four weeks, not only because I think he's a realistic target for the Steelers, um, but because what he can provide to their specific offense could be extremely beneficial for the group and Kenny Pickett, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's all good stuff, my friend. And it's like, that's why I was kind of like trying to pick apart when teams are looking at the wide receivers and who's available in his class. And I do have pro football focus up. They have Addison listed on their big board as 30th overall. So he's what the uh, fourth wide receiver uh, ranked. So they still have him as a potential first-round pick and maybe just outside of the first round. We talked about uh, North Carolina's Josh Downs, touchdowns. Steelers were showing some interest. I believe they sent all the brass to that pro day, too, didn't Josh they? Dance. Yeah, Josh Downs. Dance. Downs. Yeah, Downs. Yeah, that was uh, the quote that was going around uh, two or three weeks ago was uh, he told the media in a little press conference he was doing, Josh Downs, That's what the it was. North Carolina receiver, yeah. that the Steelers told him that he like had one of the, the cleanest – performances yeah. that they've seen yeah yeah it, so let me let me rewind to that dk metcalf draft right and you take a look at the wide receivers that well, maybe i will maybe i won't okay here we go you got to go all the way down to pick 25 before the first wide receiver came off the board in 2019 and that was hollywood brown to the baltimore ravens i i think this year may, has a very high chance of, of yeah. mirroring that yeah Nikhil harry 30, 32 to the Patriots. Debo Samuel, 36. Okay, 49ers. Uh, then you got to go to A.J. Brown, 51st overall. You know, that's right, man. We're shooting. McCole Hardman, 56. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, our, our uh, 57. Paris Camel, 59. Andy Isabella, rest in peace, man. Jeez, I loved Andy Isabella coming out to the That's Cardinals. That's quite the trio in a row there. All three 62. of those dudes had a, have not had the best go of the early start of their careers. And then you got, okay, so from 62, so Andy Isabella. So what did we say? I just said uh, uh, Arcega Weisside, 57. Paris Camel, 59. Isabella, 62. DK Metcalf at 64. I thought he was going to make it there. Steelers still went wide receiver. Top of the third round, pick 66, Deontay Johnson interesting interesting stuff so like when we're talking about like the players that are available continuing nathaniel dell houston i i don't think scary they, terry went that went there too yeah don't, terry mclaurin went that year too yeah oh oh yeah further down right yeah uh, i think so let me see let me see let me see yep yep 76 you're absolutely right 
Uh, after Jay Sternberger, whoo, another rest in peace there, man. I mean, I look at this, it's it's fun. It's Jermaine Pratt with the Bengals. Okay, 72, that's fun. David Montgomery and Devin Singletary, two running backs back-to-back. Jay Sternberger to the Packers and then Terry McLaurin. Like, they could have had Terry McLaurin in Green Bay. He probably would have never left. Um, maybe D- uh, Devontae Adams leaves uh, sooner than that. So uh, That's why that class gets a lot of love. That's like, you name like 10, 10 g- good to great receivers and like four bus if i uh, was counting right somewhere in that neighborhood uh so continuing on this year's draft class let me see i was saying nathaniel dell houston michael wilson stanford rasheed rice smu jalen hyatt tennessee at perry wake forest cedric tillman tennessee uh, did, did they have tillman in i think or were they talking about um, tillman too i think six three two thirteen four five four forty I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I've i been keeping my eyes peeled for Hyatt because Jalen Hyatt, yeah. um, I like him a lot from Tennessee. And he also provides an element that the Steelers don't quite necessarily have a guy that excels in. And that's taking the top off the defense. He won the Bolitnikoff award though, which is the best receiver in college. So I think if there was a surprise, like early receiver to go, I got my money on Hyatt just because not only did he have the, the stellar season, but he gives you that like, Teams love the guys who can take the top off the defense. They love the guys who, who can fly. And um, that's why Zay Flowers is getting a lot of visits right now because he's he's another wild card that I can't really get a good read on him. But uh, I think uh, when you have a guy who can threaten the defense like that, it's just it, it's a game breaker. And uh, Hyatt is a guy that I would like to see them show interest in. I just haven't really seen much of it yet. Ah, uh, you caught me right here transitioning. I was going to look up a little more on Mingo. I wasn't going to go through every name on the list, but PFF has him ranked 148. Oh, it really? Puts him, yeah, it puts him pretty deep in this class. I mean, the Steelers in the third round, let's see, the Steelers. Listen, if they can get him at pick 80 or whatever, I'll, I'll be doing backflips because I think yeah. he's get, he's pegged as a guy, or he's he stinks of a guy that's going to be uh, underdrafted. But when he gets to camp and shows what he can do in drills and and uh, one on ones and everything, it's going to be too hard to keep him off the field. And he'll work his way into a lineup. And we're all going to hear about how all these teams passed on Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, we're going to actually have to like sell everyone why a wide receiver is necessary again. We kind of glossed over it, but let me get back to that in a second. So the Steelers seventeen thirty two forty nine eighty one twenty. Then nothing in the fifth or sixth rounds as of now. We don't know if they're going to move. They can move a player. They can move a pick from the next year and to jump back in the draft. We don't know. They could. I could see them moving back, back to try to get a, a fifth round pick or two. Yeah, yeah. So they could definitely they could add to their uh, coffers here. And let me see. I was uh, I was going to bring up something about Mingo, but give me a second now. Uh, I lost my place. Okay, uh, Mingo, and then one of the other guys, Charlie Jones, is ranked at one eighty five. Yeah, he'd be a day three guy. So, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You never know. You can take a flyer on there. So, um, Mingo, you had some of his stats. I'm trying to bring up. Come on. These college. There's so many of these. I'm like draft sites anymore that you just can't get everything (laughs) that you want from these players. So. Give me a second as I pull up some. Oh, yeah, you're getting a peek behind the curtain, folks. I'll tell you why. Speaking of that, you shouldn't question or try to sell anybody on the Steelers taking a receiver. It's because we're the best team at doing it. We're famous for being good at picking receivers. It works nine out of ten times. Those aren't the actual numbers, but it's pretty freaking close. (laughs) And also, I've mentioned this before, and I'll keep bringing it. At least. It's a coin flip, at least. Yeah. 
least. I'll keep bringing this up because I love this point, but 2017, when the Steelers took Juju in the second round, they already had Antonio Brown, they already had Martavis Bryant, they already had Eli Rogers, and they already had Darius Hayward Bay. Fast forward to 2019, two years later, Juju's the last guy on the roster at the end of the season in, in that room. So it, it, what can seem like a luxury pick at the time may not be. And it doesn't just go for receivers, but there's literal proof on paper of the Steelers doing this recently and having it work out. And another reason is because Kenny Pickett, they got their franchise quarterback last year. Why not load him up with weapons? I know we want to protect him and they're doing a good job of demonstrating that and coming through with that in the, in the free agency period right now. And I'm all for them adding to the offensive line still, but adding weapons is a part of a quarterback's development as well. And no quarterback is going to complain when his team takes a receiver within the first three or four picks. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's all great stuff too. And it's, you just got to remember, okay, Deontay Johnson after this year, I said, no, no, trading him this year, but it doesn't mean again, trade him next year. That's when they get it out on this contract too. And you've got George Pickens. You have a complete unknown the rest of the way there. I don't know that you want Gunnar Olszewski around or not. It's not to disparage him right now. He's the only guy that's really a return guy. He might make it to camp. He's not, doesn't have a big contract. Kelvin Austin was working as a, well, he's a return guy. He was a specialist in college too. And he was doing it in camp. And I don't know, did you get a chance to see Austin at all when you were out at camp or was he already injured by the time uh, no, there. I did. I, I picked a good get, a good day to go uh, one time where he actually was featured. It was team drill. It was either Mason or Mitch that threw it, though. I'm almost positive. A deep ball over the left sideline. He caught it, got a big pop from the crowd. And I had heard leading up to that and a couple of practices after he was being featured in the offense and providing a nice spark. So I um, I think he was doing well. It's just a shame what happened injury wise. And he, he is another guy that can. Uh, challenge hunter and the re- gunner in the return game <laughs> i still do that dude that's been it's all year fun. you know it's it's all the same may as well start calling him mason too <laughs> you got like got like those like the names that are just all very similar you know what i mean it's like that one if you were to open like a baby book from whatever that was probably god i'm getting old these guys might have been born in like the 2000s even at this point yeah yeah Jeez, man that's sad um but anyways yeah, just one of those names like Mason or, you know, Chase or something. Oh, there is a Chase in here, though, because I was just looking up like the other draft class. T. Higgins is a good case study in this, too. But there were a lot of receivers that went in his draft 2020. Uh, rest in peace to Henry Ruggs, who was the first one off the board. Jerry Judy at 15. Well, or J- Jerry he, Judy 15. He's still alive. Rest well, in peace to, rest in peace the to his person. career. I know. I said rest in peace like six times already. None of those guys are dead either. Uh, it's not to disparage the dead or have bad feelings or anything like that. Jerry Judy, 15 to the Broncos. Uh, Cowboys at 17, CeeDee Lamb. That one worked out. Jalen Rager at 21 to the Eagles. Justin Jefferson, 22. Vikings, a lot of receivers here. 49ers, Brandon Ayuk. Where did he come from this past year? You know, like now I can't say anything bad about him. So, no, yeah, he's sick. I mean, yeah. he's he's been pretty good, but this he got more media coverage this year because I've uh, I've played against him in fantasy, unfortunately, uh, a couple times. So uh, never uh, never had him on my own team. But yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of recognition because the Niners are known for their defense and rushing game for the most part. But yeah. Ayuk is uh, is proven nasty. Uh, Higgins goes 33rd. Michael Pittman right after him to the Colts, 34. Yikes. Oh, that's rough. Then there's like LaVisca, Chenault, 
KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool. So there was my chases. Really, you go down the rest of this. Van Jefferson, 57, Denzel Mims. It doesn't always work out. Um, yeah, and then, like, the next guy, you get down to, like, Gabe Davis was uh, in the fourth round, pick 128 for the Buffalo yeah, Bills. Yeah, good value. Yeah, so, I mean, there's some value. We're not going to say these guys are going to knock your socks off. Like, George Pickens is an unexpected, like, really pleasant surprise. Even, like, if they add Addison, the expectation is going to be that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow connection. And I, I'm not going to say they're going to jump at that, like, at 17, in order to add a third wide receiver. But they run a lot of they, – they, they use a lot of three wide receivers. They use a lot of twos. And Pickens is just, he's entering year two. And what if he or Deontay get hurt? Then what are you going to end up doing? So you got to have a little bit of depth here. I do think they use um, one of these picks uh, higher up. We've already marked some of the guys that are a little later in this uh, draft. And also looking at some of the older drafts, just where they're going to end up falling in. But right now, the Steelers do not have a full room of receivers like they typically would. Would I expect Miles Boykin to maybe be back as a special teams type guy? Absolutely. Or they got to, they're going to sign somebody that's going to end up being like that Hayward Bay. I love when you, you were saying that. Like, look what Juju did. Juju was a team MVP when they brought him in. Pissed off Antonio Brown. But, um, <laughs> you know, they bring him in and boom. It doesn't always work out. Okay. So when Antonio Brown is like one of those, you know, rare exceptions, like saying, oh, you could find a Tom Brady in the sixth round. Antonio Brown, same deal. But they took Emmanuel Sanders in that same draft. And Emmanuel Sanders had all those foot issues, and it took Manny Sanders a minute to get on the field. And then when he did, of course, he earned a big contract because the Steelers couldn't afford to pay all of that young money crew with uh, those two guys and Mike Wallace. If you remember, they had all three of those guys at one time. And that was going to be Marcus Wheaton was going to be the guy to replace Mike Wallace. Do I remember the young money crew, dude? <laughs> Marcus Wheaton, who I liked, but just adequate. Uh, nothing wrong, just adequate and didn't really have a career outside of the uh, Pittsburgh. He, for some reason, these guys always, always have that Chicago. long touchdown from Mike Vick in primetime. That was sweet. Oh, yeah, that was that was like the one that was written up in the dirt with Ben on the sideline or whatever. Right. Uh, oh yeah, I remember the, the offense was like terrible until that point. Like, all right, yeah. Vic, you, you still have an arm, so just throw it. Like, yeah. we'll just just roll out, just throw it as far it. as you can. <laughs> just flick the ball, and then they. Uh, where am I missing in between here? Was it uh, Martavis Bryant first, and he was a fourth rounder, and yeah. it's just not knockout. And then third rounder was Sammy Coates. There's another rest. Who Sammy too. Coates? I, I know he ended up being a bust, but. I, I, I'll stand up for Sammy Coates all the time and be like, dude, if he didn't hurt his hand and mangle his fingers, that last game where he did that in the Jets game, we're in the Bumblebees. Yeah, yeah. He was tearing it up. He had like over 130 had yards, if I'm not mistaken. And what's up? <laughs> he had drops too. He was like six of 11 on the targets. He, he should have had like hands. three or four touches. I know, but he could have had more. You know what I mean? That was yeah, crazy. So I, I feel, I think Sammy Coates is kind of like an unfortunate wash, but if the, the success is there that they've shown, and this is no secret. They're really good at targeting receivers in rounds two through four, sometimes later in Antonio Brown's case. And Demarcus Ayers had, had a moment or two as a rookie, even Claypool as a rookie showed signs of like, I mean, the four touchdown game versus the Eagles. I yeah. thought, and a lot of people thought this guy was going to explode onto the scene. And, you know, he just kind of leveled out a little bit, but the Steelers know how to evaluate receivers. Obviously they know what they're doing. So it shouldn't take you or I screaming from the mountaintops, you know, don't hate on this draft pick when they take a receiver because they've earned 
like the right to, to pick one and they've earned people's respect because like the proof is there that they have had luck and success in drafting receivers for as long as I've been following this team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pickens was last year, but before that James Washington you know, had higher hopes for him than he ended up being. And there's Deontay Johnson that worked out well, Claypool sort of kind of in a way, but maybe not really. And, you know, one, one thing that bodes well for some of these players, you know, uh, Jonathan Mingo, four-year four year player in college. And He's only 21, though. Yeah, I know, but he had four years in college, man. And, I mean, that's a pretty big – good, Both good things. Mm-hmm. That's definitely that, – that is one thing that I know Mike Tomlin and company usually have. There's one thing when you are head and shoulders – Ahead of your class, like it, you can't you can't deny something like that. But if you're a four year player, that usually ends up boating more well. They want the guys that have been like simmering a little bit, the guys that are a little more well cooked. Uh, Team so players, speak. yeah. Team first, not me first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to think who else I was going to look up like this. I mean, I I know Mingo didn't have. Of course, if Mingo Mingo had bigger numbers, then he would probably be on the same charts as like uh like Addison, for example. You know what I mean? But even Addison last year, I mean, you look at it, uh, 59 catches, goes to USC, 875 yards, eight touchdowns, is far removed from being at Pitt, where he had 100 catches, almost 1,600 yards, and 17 touchdowns. So, oh, gee, I, I, I wonder why that is. So anybody that overlooks that, you know what I mean? You just never know that he could be there. How okay? So let's evaluate this. Uh, maybe this is our closing thought. Pick seventeen. How happy would you be with a wide receiver? Does it depend on who it is? I don't think I want a receiver at seventeen. I don't care who it is. Myself, it, it with me, it depends who it is. I, okay. I absolutely, I, I would not be happy if it was um, Johnston, who I mentioned. Um, I, I would be happy, and I already admitted this on a couple shows ago, I, I would be happy if they picked Jordan Addison at 17, because I could sell myself on it so fast, and I would the biggest uh, burden on my shoulders would be defending the pick to other people, and proceeding to defend it all year long, in every game, like I've had to do in the past with draft picks, and sometimes you end up right, sometimes you end up wrong, but I would be happy if they took Addison at 17. I prefer them not, but I would be. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the other one because I already said I believe he's the best receiver in the class. So if they were able to get him at 17, I would also be happy. Anybody else, I would consider it a massive reach. And um, the, the more I talk about it and say it out loud and the more I think about it, the, the less sense it makes for them to go receiver at 17 because I think they'll have – plenty of guys to choose from at 32 and then still some to pick from at 49. So I, it's very specific with me. Um, but I, I, for the most part, no, I, I wouldn't be happy if that were the pick those, there's other spots of value. They can go there, i.e. cornerback offensive line or defensive line. Those are the three spots I'm looking for at pick 17. I'm, I'm with you. You know what? That's interesting. You just swayed me in a certain way because like, I just totally don't expect Smith and Jigba to be there. If he is, like that, that that's a hard sell to talk out of. It's, it's hard a value to talk you thing. Out of it. Addison, you could talk me out of Addison at seventeen. I will also talk myself into it if that so ends up being the draft pick. But if they go in another direction, and someone's going to jump in the comments, no, no, they need an offensive tackle. Then we're coming. We're going to come that direction eventually. But I, 
it has to be like Paris Johnson for me to have to be a tackle because there could be three or four tackles off the board. Some at 17, these, definitely. Yeah. I think it's most likely they they look at the 32 range because there's a handful of guys that they've shown interest in, like Dewan Jones from Ohio State and Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Both of those guys, for the most part, if you look at projections, they're supposed to go around 32. Yeah, I was trying to look for the list. If you go two days ago, Tina actually put something up and it had some of the visits that were on there too. They also had John Michael Schmitz in here too, which uh, center or slash guard uh, Cody Mox uh, out of North Dakota, who Brian ended up uh, bringing up just the other day. I like him. He's got the missing front teeth. Yeah. Now, it could be an interesting guy because when you're talking about, you know, FCS football and linemen, He's probably more in the top 100, maybe not top 50. It could be interesting. Uh, and I know we're going to get into more of this and more details with this, but that's just some of the guys that they've shown a little bit of interest in. They've shown a little bit of interest in just about everything. I think to just kind of throw the scent off of, I think they start throwing the scent off of corner. If you take a look at Andy Weidel and you take a look at the way the Eagles were kind of structured, they've had good, like good lines and good secondaries, right? And I think that's Steelers still have, I think, a glaring hole there. Pretty much, though, we're already talking. It's like, okay, there's two starting wide receivers, probably at least two or three starting corners. So anybody you're adding here, you're getting them kind of ready. If they're good enough to play uh, week one and they're starting, if not, you're looking for them to start in the near future, either within this upcoming season or they're going to replace flexibility next. Yes, my friend, that's where I'm getting to. So um, it's like, is it going to be more difficult to get the corner that you prefer at 17 or 32? I think there might be more corners available at 17 versus, you know, maybe the top two or three wide receivers are already gone. Now, Addison is just such a wild card. Flowers kind of is too, because you don't know what these other teams, I just feel like how many quarterbacks are going to be gone by this point? You've got- By the time we pick? Yeah, there's there's 16 picks before this. Yeah, at least three. So that's what, um, 13 or 12 other players that get picked. How many of them are going to be corners? How many of them are going to be wide receivers? You start to do the math. Now you look at the teams after the Steelers, and these are the teams that are playoff, uh, that made the playoffs last year. They're already kind of contenders. They might be settled there as we went through. We've all they drafted fantasy football mm-hmm. teams, I feel like, and we've all done this. Whenever you're drafting in fantasy football, yeah, you obviously are going along with the board, which is done by the computer, so you can see who's ranked where. But you're also looking at your boys' teams and being like, okay, I need a wide receiver too. The guy picking after me already has three receivers, so I could wait to come back and grab that, whereas he has no running back, so I need to target that now. NFL teams do that when they're looking at the board. It's why you see, you hear the term, oh, there's been a real run on tight ends in this round. There's been a real run on tackles is common because especially in the first round, once the first tackle goes, the second goes very quickly after that. And then if you don't get the third guy, you're stuck with the fourth best guy. And then before you know it, the top five tackles are gone. And that's how NFL teams think and draft. And that's how sometimes you end up panicking with a guy like Artie Burns. But it's every team does it. You look at who your opponent is drafting and then you look at, okay, the board. If, if the second best cornerback is still on the board and the, fourth best tackle is you take the second best corner absolutely and and let here's the only time that that rule might be broken and it's like where you have the rule of last year with the quarterbacks and kenny pickett is by far the head of the class 
the other guys are a little further down, even though we got talked into it regardless, because we knew Steelers are going to take the quarterback. Are they going to take Malik the Willis can guy? still be good. I'm he not walking be. that back. He's got some tools. I just didn't think he was going to start right away. Here's one thing. I don't think you yeah, see Malik. Either. You don't see Malik. If he's a Steeler last year, it's the Mitch train the whole way. You would have never Hence seen why he was field. brought in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but Kenny and getting Kenny at 20, it's that same thing. So it's like, okay, uh, what you said is absolutely true. If you have more of like, uh, you got your tier one and you've got like a handful of guys at that tier one. But if you only got like one, like, let's say corner, that's worth like a flip. And then the next two or three guys on the board are all kind of like, Eh. like you're going to pass on that at 17 and, and go in wait. a different direction. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these draft boards, the way they're structured, um, I could just picture it. Like you ever look at the pro football focus, like ratings, they got like elite is like, I don't know if they still use the same color codes or not. I got to look, but like blue or something. And one of them's green. And then like, of course, red is just trash, I guess, or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. you've got kind of like the same like temperature gauges of these, all these different tiers. So not every position is going to be, uh, front loaded with four or five first rounders. I mean, do you think there's going to be, I don't know, how many running backs are going to go in the first round? We might not have one this year. Do you think? I mean, uh, there's just one guy that yeah. I would expect, and that's uh, Robinson from Texas because he's, he's a beast. He's like nausea, um, but faster. So I, I could see him going round one, maybe to the Bills at the end of the draft. Uh, if not him, then yeah, nobody. Yeah. And that's just something you got to take into account. But in round two, as you're trying to do all of this math and you're looking at the draft boards, you look at those other rosters and you're thinking you're the Steelers and you pick at 32 and then what, who can we pass on? And you look at position X and you're like, well, there's like going to be like maybe a run on running backs or tight ends. For example, tight ends could be another position where this starts to play out a little bit. And I guarantee you, I think both of the second round picks upcoming year, I'm going to be pretty surprised at everything. Like for the last several years, we've kind of always had a pulse on what we thought the first round pick was going to be. I mean, you can go back to what? At least Devin Bush. Corner even with like Artie Burns. We were all over edge rusher when they took TJ Watt. I was just surprised that it was actually TJ. Uh, let's see. Edmonds is the only real Safe- surprise in my opinion in a long time. But they, I mean, Artie but- Burns by name, but not by mm-hmm. position. Yeah, but safety wasn't a wasn't really a surprise though. Safety was a, was a known need. You know I, I remember mean? I was sitting there yeah. watching Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick fall, and I was like, oh, my God, if we can get one of these guys. <laughs> oh, man. Well, they still ended up with one of them at least. And yeah. Yeah, I know. The way that worked out, it was just like, I'll never forget the day where it was the Dolphins were seeking a trade. And I said, man, Kevin Colbert, don't part with first-round picks. But this is this is like – this is an exception to the rule here. Go get them. And within, like, hours, it was like they're going to get them. And I'm like <laughs> – like a little girl, like just like screaming. It was, it was so oddly very talked about in NFL circles and the Steelers were so often brought up as, as a suitor and an interested team that it made it feel too good to be true, you know? And I, I won't, I won't say I I expected it. Like I, I was gassing my friends up and my family being like, I think we're going to get them. I always do that. I do that about every player. (laughs) So when it finally happened, it's like, wow, we actually got one. Like it actually all came to fruition. And um, definitely one of the best like string of days of my life because they traded for him. And then his first game, he got an interception and like felt like he had like five or six that year. So it didn't take long for uh, the NFL world to take notice and be like, yeah, the Steelers won this deal. 
Yeah, but we don't, that's like kind of like the thing. I know we got off track, but it was like, okay, the pulse was inside linebacker, Devin Bush, like, you know, or one of the Devins, Devin White, Devin Bush. And I know, I know that didn't work out, but that's not the way we're viewing it. We won't know how any of these work out, but we don't have the Devin Bush, the Najee Harris, or the Kenny Pickett. Like we don't have inside linebacker, corner or quarterback, running back, cornerback, going back to Burns edge rusher, like all of these safety, the defined need. I know somebody's going to try and talk me into and say it's tackle or bust. I don't see it that way. I really don't. I think the way that this roster has been structured this off season, that flexibility and, and the trade of Claypool to have that, like that pick right in the middle of the ones they naturally had at 32. Like, this is awesome. This is good times. And that's why they're going to take a wide receiver, my friend. So Thanks everyone for joining us. And Zach, thanks for uh, taking some time finally out of your schedule. Nice to have you here. I couldn't do this without you. So, you know, I'm joshing you, but uh, uh, happy to have you, man. It's always it good. Takes one to know one brother. Yeah. Uh, what's that supposed to mean? I don't even know. <laughs> so it's just my go-to uh, response when someone says something nice to me. I'm like, oh, it takes one to know one. Yeah. I, that's, that's messed up. Uh, <laughs> I, what it's am I genuine? Yeah. I think I've got a lot of good lines. Like somebody will be like, do you want your receipt? No, trying to quit. <laughs> and to be honest, that's not even like a save the trees type thing. I got like useless receipts. I go out to eat and it's like, I keep this thing under my wallet. I'm going to look like, I, you might not, I know you might not be the big Seinfeld guy. I know Brian is, but George Costanza had like the fat wallet that had like salt packets and ketchup packets and stuff saved. It was basically like a purse. It's like, man, I can't do that. I'm the, I'm the minimalist guy. I carry my ID and a couple cards and a little bit of cash. Like even if I have too many like uh, bills, it drives me crazy. I can't have all these fat things in while I'm walking around in my pockets. You know what I mean? Well, put no, it in no, my it makes pack. your legs look fat too. Yeah. I, I, my hips have a hard enough time as it is staying skinny. I can't be making it harder on them and stuffing up my pockets. Yeah, I hear you. Well, folks, hey, thanks for uh, tuning in. Thank you for supporting Steel City Underground, watching or listening wherever you may be. We'll be right back around the horn next week. We're going to catch some more positions. The truth be told, there are positions we're probably not even looking at in the draft. So it got us a little longer talking about the draft, plus waiting to see some of these visits, let free agency shake out, have an idea where the team may be headed. We still don't know, but we do think that a wide receiver is definitely on the map. We've given a couple of our favorites and our opinions. Go check them out and also follow the coverage at steelcityunderground.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I'm going to lose my voice. Thank you, Zach, once again. The Flash, he will be back. Bang, pen. I got it somewhere. I don't know. Kazoo's over there, too. My name's Joe Kuzma. His name's Zach Flash Celadonia. Until next time, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.